quick scheduling note here. The Puzzle Place episode of For the Kids, a PBS Kids podcast, will not be out for patrons this week due to extenuating circumstances. It will be coming out in two weeks. Next week is the premiere of ECL Season 13, and For the Kids, the episode on the Puzzle Place will be out in two weeks. We apologize for the schedule change, and hope you enjoy this episode. I know something that I want to share. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry about that. I've uh, got, well, a certain song stuck in my head. Hey, everybody, it's Will from Elwood City Limits, uh, and welcome. I'm going to turn my microphone volume down, because <laughs> otherwise it's, I feel like I'm right in your ear with that kind of smooth, sultry tone. Hey, everyone, uh, this is going to be the, well, semi-regular Elwood City Limits season recap. We're at the end of another season of Arthur, and we're getting ready to get into one that, well, I'm really excited about. I think we both are. So, yeah, if you have never listened to a season recap before, how we like to do it is we, that is myself and my co-host, Lucas Mancini, we record separately, and we give our thoughts on not just the season as a whole that we have just watched, but also our top five favorite episodes of the season and why that may be. I admit that there may be a little bit of inconsistency uh, between the episodes we loved and the episodes that ended up on the top five, so um, you can always go back to our older episodes to see what we felt about maybe the ones that didn't make it or the ones that did, but these are the ones that have stuck with us the strongest throughout. Of course, I always like to toss it to Lucas first, but just a couple of things before I do that. Uh, Number one. I want to say a big thank you to everybody who voted for us in the Coast Best of Halifax Awards for 2021. It's something that we do every year around this time. We, it's something we ask of you, and you guys, I know, are always very generous to um, devote a little bit of time to helping us achieve something that I suppose has become a little bit of a dream. It's something that Lucas and I both want, and it'd be nice to be recognized, but it's not necess- it's not always something that we strive for. It's just a neat little thing that would um, get us a little bit of recognition around our hometown. So either way, we want to thank you if you took the time to vote for us, and uh, we appreciate that we got nominated again this year. And the results should be coming out in uh, early November, so we have a month to stew on it before we get the results. Maybe this year will be our year in some regard. Maybe not. We'll see. Either way, we are grateful. The uh, theme song that I was singing at the beginning of the episode is uh, from our latest uh, Patreon episode of uh, For the Kids, a PBS Kids podcast. Uh, The poll was set up a week or two ago on Patreon, and so we did a full episode on the forgotten PBS Kids classic, The Puzzle Place. This was a really interesting show to learn about and to revisit, and if that holds nostalgia for you, or if you want to learn a little bit more about it, um, come on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Limits, and we have, I think it's over 30 episodes of For the Kids, which is all about other PBS Kids shows that aren't Arthur. So we would 
Uh, we've talked about a lot of them. We talked. Well, uh, let me see. Uh, we've talked about Redwall. We've talked about Barney and Friends. We've talked about Postcards from Buster. That was our first episode, in fact. A bunch of them, and we still have a lot of really good PBS Kids shows to go. We still haven't covered the big one. You know what I mean by the big one. Uh, that's t- that's still to come. That is, uh, whoo, that's daunting. But yeah, that's where your Patreon dollars go uh, to that and lots of great audio content. So if you are our patron, I want to say a big thank you and thank you in the way of acknowledging a few of you. We want to say thank you to people like uh, new patron, the wandering film critic, Cyril Della Rosa, Anthony Williams, Joe Low Flow, Gabby S, Awesome Eddie 21, Sarah, Kelly Corbett, Casey Cosmos, Emmy the Ghost, Year's End 94, Kevazard Edits, Allison Archambault, Valeria Michelle Sprzynski, and EJ Acra, among many others. Thank you all for your contributions at uh, patreon.com slash Limits. It's so much fun to keep making new content for everybody, including our patrons. So if you want a little bit of extra ECL in your month and uh, hear us talking about something besides Arthur, um, that's the place to go. Uh, I also wanted to read out quickly uh, an email that we got, elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. I didn't want this to go too long because one of our listeners, David, has a little bit of data that he wanted to share. So David says, hey guys, during the episodes, you mentioned that baseball especially has a variance when it comes to the fields. I wanted to mention that soccer fields are notorious for being different sizes because the official rules allow for 110 to 120 yards or 100 to 110 meters long by 70 to 80 yards or 64 to 75 meters wide. So teams would purposely make their fields smaller or larger to fit their own playing style or in some cases to even be able to fit within their given stadium. Uh, New York City Football Club has the smallest allowed size because they play at Yankee Stadium. The show Ted Lasso even teases the idea that there's a little that there's little standardization to pitch size in a recent episode. The image below even shows the differences in sizes in the American Soccer League MLS for various clubs, so in which David provided the image. Thank you, David. Uh, this was about something that we mentioned in the most recent Elwood City Limits episode. If you haven't listened to it, uh, check it out. But always appreciate the feedback that we get. Thanks a lot, David. Again, that's at ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com. All right, uh, enough from me. Let's go hear from Lucas. Lucas and his top five episodes of season 12. What's going on, you guys? It's Lucas from ECL. Hello, we're back again. It feels like it's been a while since we've done this. My top five of season 12. Next is season Unlucky 13. Uh, I'm really excited for it. This was an interesting one. Um, The last couple seasons, when I go through the episodes, and sometimes I listen to uh, the original ECL episode with me and Will to kind of uh, recall my thoughts when I first watched the episode, uh, I went into this process thinking, okay, this is going to be a pretty mediocre season. I'm sure I'll I'll pick some episodes here and episodes there. And as I went back and and, uh, returned to some of these episodes, I was like, wow, there's some really, really good Arthur episodes in this batch. Um, Maybe even some all-timers. So, yeah, season 12, bravo, good season. Uh, And without further ado, let's get into it uh, with number five. Um, Now, this one's a little bit cheating uh, because it's, it's 
colored not just by the episode itself, but by me and Will's discussion of the episode. Uh, I implore you to go back and listen to uh, this ECL if you haven't, because uh, it's one of my favorite discussions we've ever had on the show. It's on this spot, uh, which you know gets into Native American history, and me and Will had a really good discussion about kind of uh, how that relates to us and, and Canadian history, and um, it's it's just a I. I I'm really proud of the talk that me and Will had over that episode, and I think this episode, um, though it highlights some really important issues, and I think it's a really important episode of Arthur, um, it it could also have gone so much further, and we should really have more episodes like this uh, than less, but I think this is a good enough start, and that's why On This Spot and The Legend of Sitting Bull uh, starts my list at number five. Coming up next is... An episode that we watched pretty recently, I Owe You One, which it's the uh, Grandpa Dave's Country Farm Test of this is one of those episodes that has all the elements you want from a great Arthur episode. It has a nuanced moral that's really unique to Arthur. It's not something I've seen before, um, but it's also not beat over your head. You know, it, it believes in the audience's intelligence enough to let them make their own conclusions. And it's it's funny. It's, it's really, really funny in a way that only an Arthur episode can be. Uh, I love the little, like, 80s montage at the end. Uh, fun episode. Next episode is one that I think I definitely maybe liked more than Will. I love this episode, Matchmaker, Matchbreaker, uh, and just a really delightful episode with Muffy and Francine. Uh, again, uh, 80s movie vibes, hashtag 80s movie vibes in this one as we watch uh, Muffy and Francine try to play matchmakers with uh, Francine's sister and Muffy's newly introduced brother, which is kind of notable in itself. Um, and it's just a really delightful, uh, funny episode and has one of the best jokes, I think, of the whole season, which is the sitcom parody uh, that is such a good parody. It's almost like indistinguishable from the real thing. Has to be seen to be believed. Uh, it makes it to the number three spot almost on that parody alone. It was really funny. Next is number two, and it's it, you know number one's got to be a banger because otherwise this would have been number one with the bullet. Uh, one of part of the first episode we watched this season got us off to a great start. Never, never, never. Uh, Harkening back to kind of the first three seasons of Arthur, this is an all-time good Arthur episode. Really funny, filled with lots of great imagination sequences. Um, and has one of my favorite Arthur endings ever, as well as kind of one of my favorite Arthur and DW moments ever, where we have this really kind of dramatic DW throwing her head up to the sky and it starts raining. It's very cinematic. And then we have kind of a rare moment where Arthur comes to DW's defense. He's her knight in shining armor, so to speak. Um, and we get this really, really touching moment of, of them kind of walking away together. Uh, and it really got the season off to a great start, but the ending was so good. I almost wish it like ended the season because it just, you know, makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And I know what you're thinking to yourself. What could have possibly beat never, never, never then if I think so highly of that episode? Well, it's Chronicles of Buster, the Chronicles of Buster. This episode, uh, might be the best Arthur episode, in my humble opinion, in the last three seasons. This is, without a doubt, the cream of the later seasons of Arthur crop. Uh, I almost don't know what to say. This is an episode 
uh, that I, I, I would have never saw coming, you know, Buster being addicted to his absurdly long, uh, Chronicles, uh, collector's edition DVD, uh, the dream sequences in this episode, the kind of twists and turns it takes, um, just how gut bustingly funny it is and how, you know, some of these times when I'm watching these Arthur episodes, I love Arthur. I think it's, it's a really remarkable kids show, but sometimes, you know, it is intended for kids. I'm an adult. My mind starts to wander. I lose focus. This episode, I was glued to the screen. I, I, I couldn't wait to see what was going to happen next. Uh, I think I said it in my initial review. It demands attention. Um, if you were going to watch one episode of this season, this is definitely uh, the one to see. This is up there now uh, with all those Arthur episodes we always talk about from the first three seasons that, like, if I had to show someone Arthur and why it's special, uh, this would be one of the ones I would pick. So, yeah, that's my top five of the season coming in at just under, look at this, six minutes. Sorry I didn't do another top five. I usually do, like, a little fun one, but uh, I'm busy this week, folks. It's 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 been a busy week. Uh, now that we're getting into the fall months, uh, and I look forward to diving into season unlucky 13 with Will, uh, in the coming weeks. So, uh, that's Lucas Mancini. Uh, see you guys next time. Thanks a lot, Lucas. And now it's time to see how we lined up on this one. All right. So my top five, this is not something I do a lot. Uh, because the top five is going to start off with an honorable mention. But I suppose before I get into that, I'm getting ahead of myself. Season 12. It's funny, I always get a better look at the season after I go onto uh, Wikipedia and look up the look up the episodes at a glance, and now that I've seen them all. I will say, this season did have some good episodes, some very good ones that I really enjoyed. But it also had some really forgettable ones. And I think this is something that is going to be solved with season 13. I just, I'm always afraid, the le- like the deeper we get into Arthur, the more we're going to get into the episodes that have less cultural impact, let's say. It, it's, it's so interesting, the footprint of Arthur online in the last few years. I mean, we just had a discussion, another discussion on the Patreon Discord about Arthur. Arthur's big hit again. Like that episode came out in the late nineties and people are not only still talking about it, but they're still heated about it. And I just don't know. Like, I literally don't know if there are episodes, if there are that many episodes coming up in Arthur that are going to be that memorable or that kind of worth talking about. Like there's a lot of episodes going through season 12 where I'm like, I don't even really remember that one. And granted we did take a break of season 12 um, in the middle of it, so my memory isn't as clear as it could be, but there are a couple of these that I genuinely have no memory of, positive or negative, and I mean, I suppose I could go back and listen to the podcast, but I mean, have you seen it? We keep cranking these things out. <laughs> so, I mean, it. I guess I don't think that there were any that were like egregious like, it's very rare that we run into the Arthur episode that's, like, really terrible. So there's always been a kind of steady level of quality to Arthur. But we're, I think, maybe worse than being bad is being forgettable. 
And we'll have to see if that trend continues as we inch ever closer to the Flash animation years, which we really don't have much of a foothold in, and it's going to be all new for us. But I do know for a fact, I know that there are some of you who are absolutely, like, cannot wait for us to talk about Season 13, which makes me really excited. So as much as the some of Season 12 left me a bit cold, I know that there's more to come. So I'm just uh, waiting for that stuff that you guys have been talking about. All right, so now let's get into my top five. What I mentioned at the beginning is that this one has an honorable mention, which I don't believe that I've done all that much, but I wanted to make sure to shout this out. The honorable mention before my top five is on this spot, which I really appreciate that it exists more than I liked it as an episode. It was one of two episodes this season where Arthur got a little lefty, and I I like it. I, I, I'm into it. That was the episode... Um, where Arthur uh, wanted to start a petition to recognize the spot that Sitting Bull uh, stopped in in Elwood City. So that led to me learning more about Sitting Bull, and it made me appreciate that there is a, you know, we can have room for a character like Arthur to have a little bit of an opinion on something that's happened in real life history. It's the same with an episode that I'm going to bring up in a little bit. But I like how, of course, you know, PBS is, it's a fairly liberal idea, creating public television to educate kids in various social issues, as well as in, you know, basic, um, uh, ed- basic education as well. But it's still really cool every time the show kind of dips into something that is a little bit more left-leaning, and especially for something that was made in the late 2000s, to talk about a Native American figure in, you know, in quite a in quite a positive light in the sense that Arthur wants to commemorate him. That's great, especially in light of the way the treatment of indigenous peoples and um, how it continues to go on today. And it especially this the time that we watched this episode is very close to um, when a lot of talk about the residential schools in Canada was very um, hot. It was very, it was very much on the tip of everyone's tongue. So it really had me kind of, I think we talk about that in the episode. It had me thinking about that a lot. So I wanted to make sure to mention that. I think that was a great thing for the show to do, even though it wasn't like one of my favorite episodes from a content standpoint. Number five, let's start with number five. This one (laughs) is going to be easy to remember. There's a mushroom on your shirt. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> see, it still makes me laugh. It's is that kosher? This was part of the season premiere of Arthur, the very first one, and Joan Rivers as Francine's booby. Um, I always really appreciate it when we go into the cultural differences of each character, and I think that there's still a lot to mine from Francine's identity as Jewish. So uh, I think that was cool. I love Joan Rivers. I hope she comes back as Francine's booby. Um, and the, the plot was, you know, it wasn't especially, you know, groundbreaking or anything. It was just kind of fun. And it was also kind of unbelievable. Like every once in a while, they'd be like, I can't believe that Joan Rivers and not as Joan Rivers, like as a character on Arthur. (laughs) I don't know. It's just, uh, it really, it really stuck with me and I hope it continues to, because as you can see, it still, still makes me laugh. Number four, do you believe in magic? This is the one where Buster gets better at doing magic tricks than Arthur. This was a really nice one to have. This was like a very Buster-heavy episode this was a part of. But the focus was more on Arthur and him trying to deal with the fact that while he's learning something, his best friend 
is automatically better than him. First of all, I loved Buster in the role of showman, as I talked about in the episode. But I also appreciate that we get to see a little bit of Arthur's imperfection. That's that's one of the reasons, I've been thinking about this recently, that's one of the reasons why I really like Arthur is because he's an imperfect character. We've gotten to see every single side of him from, you know, the good to the bad. And this is very much like his his jealous side and his a little bit of his vindictiveness, although he never goes through with it in the end. And I do like the idea of Arthur and Buster coming together as a double magic act. They work they work pretty well off each other. So, I don't know, this one was just fun and I and I and I really I liked it. I uh for the reasons that I mentioned. Number three, DW's Furry Freak Out. I can't believe a DW episode made this list. I know, I've been talking mess about the DW episodes, and I'm a DW defender. I'm even a DW defender when it comes to Arthur's big hit. You guys know this, or at least I hope you know this. Um, but DW's Furry Freak Out, like, it's just a good episode. It's, always, it's really interesting to revisit the idea of DW getting a pet, just like, you know, 12 years before this, Arthur got Pal. And now DW has the cat that they never named, which I kind of, well, I mean, I guess it had a name. But DW having to deal with this in her own way, with granted a different animal, is really interesting. And how, you know, if the roles were reversed, it might not have gone the same way. And, and by which I mean, if DW were the one to get Pal or something like that, which, hey, that would be a really cool alternate universe thing. What if DW got Pal instead of Arthur? But I thought the cat was very cute. I thought that the shenanigans that it got into were very, like, very much true to life from what I understand of my friends who own cats. I loved the inclusion of Dr. Fugue. It was just a really fun episode. I'm probably going to overuse that a little bit, but it was. Like, a lot of the DW episodes feel like slogs sometimes because it's just learning lessons even more bluntly and tailored towards smaller kids than those who are watching Arthur. So as a 30-year-old watching it, you're just like, oh, God. But this one was just about kind of having, here's the word again, fun. And uh, just this character, DW, dealing with this situation. And I liked it. So I hope we get more like that in the future. Number two is The Perfect Game. So this one, I really didn't expect very much out of, but man, it over it blew away my expectations. I mean, you, you think about, especially from the beginning, I was like, oh, Francine's going to be obsessed with the Greaves winning the perfect game. Well, first of all, I got to learn what a perfect game meant in baseball. So points to any Arthur episode that has me like look stuff up and learn things. Um, but this one had more to do with Francine's spiraling obsession into creating, uh, um, her own baseball stadium, which is what our email earlier on was about. And I really found it interesting. And I mean, I have to mention that Arthur goes super lefty in this one, talking about a sustainable, uh, city where everybody rides on, uh, you know, uh, person, what would you call that? Just like person motivated transportation you know, like skateboards and bicycles and stuff like that and cars only being used in emergencies and i'm just like oh god if only that would be amazing even though i can't ride a bike or a skateboard i'll i'll deal with it i'll walk everywhere i don't know i'll figure it out it's it's for the greater good so to include that kind of a message and then to also come away with it with you know francine slowly realizing that something I, I I really like the message something doesn't have to be perfect in order for it to be good and useful uh, I thought that the other projects were a great kind of just dis, not distraction but added a lot to the to the story 
I love the use of the Grebes. I hope we get to use them more. And yeah, I came away with this one like really having my expectations exceeded. So I think it definitely deserves a spot up here, but it's not quite number one. You guys could have probably guessed this, but I loved number one, The Chronicles of Buster. I mean, how could I not? Again, it came at a perfect time. It was right around my Lord of the Rings rewatch. I'm such uh, a mark for those movies. And yeah, The Chronicles of Buster was such an interesting one that it, it encouraged a lot of discussion. I loved the emails that you guys sent in about the kind of way that I interpreted it, at least, with Buster developing a hyperfixation and whether or not it was appropriate or if you kind of related to it. I know I certainly have. Take, talking about it in a way where I, it, it kind of left a little bit of room in my mind for like, was that the right thing to do? Was that what they meant to say? Like, it's 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 surprisingly surprisingly rich for a children's show that was made in, what, 2008, I think this season came out in, you know, to include conversations that we, meaning you and I have had, or you, the listener, and I, the host, have had about autism, autism spectrum disorder, hyperfixation, ADHD, all that kind of thing. I love when Arthur provokes that from us. And it doesn't hurt that it's about a very good parody of not just Lord of the Rings, but Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. I loved all of the references to that, um, especially as I spent several, several hours watching all of the bonus features for the first time. It just hit at exactly the right point. And I do think that the message is overall positive, but the fact that it got me thinking this much, I think, is worth a lot. And... I definitely think when I look back on season 12, I will remember what the Chronicles of Buster is immediately as soon as you tell me the title. Um, so I think that's number one in my book. I loved that episode. I really did. And I would say that I, I loved the perfect game too. So a really strong couple of top two episodes. And the others were a lot of mirth. I'm trying to think of other ways to say F-U-N. If you want spells fun. Uh, so that's it for me. Top five of season 12. Happy to be going into season 13. Now, as you know, next week we are going to be starting our season 13 premiere. See, I wanted to, you know, I know that sometimes the season recaps are not the most exciting things that we can offer, especially if you've been listening along with us. You can probably glean what our top five will include, but I always like to put it in there, give you a little bit of orientation where we are before we set off into the next season. And there's a lot to talk about. Even as soon as we get into the first episode of season 13 next week, we'll be talking about no acting, please, and Prunella and the disappointing ending. Which, as uh, veteran uh, Arthur Fountain of Knowledge Peebs pointed out in the Discord, may not actually be the first episode of the season. But that's what we're going to go with, and we will talk about why, and all of the changes from season to season, and even more when we uh, when we see you next week on Elwood City Limits. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you for voting for us and best, for Hal- best of Halifax. Thank you to all our recent patrons, and thank you for listening. This is Will Young uh, for Lucas Mancini, uh, Arthur Quote. We will see you next week on Elwood City Limits. Have a great week.